All right. Welcome to Leverage. Now that I have an actual name, uh, I can uh, welcome you all to it. Uh, discussion about real estate and just pulling back the curtains on all different topics related. Today, I have Shannon Baxter, who is the president of Collab. Um, I don't want to do your bio for you because I won't do it justice, but we have a phenomenal friend in common. Yes. And uh, I was lucky enough to be able to be introduced to you and follow along all of the amazing stuff and work that you're doing right now. Yeah. But so I'm excited to have you on and talk about thank what's you. going on in the advertising world. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, so just a bit about myself. Um, I essentially worked um, head office retail marketing slash creative my entire life my first job being at club monaco yes. um so that's where our mutual connection kind of starts fellow clubber yeah <laughs> it was like i actually think there should be like a face group i'm like i'm dating myself to say there should be a face group i think my children <laughs> watching this are like oh my god mom you just said that but i really almost feel like we were talking about that the other day there should be a reunion or there, something yeah there was something about it there was i feel like um if when you're with a company as long as you know some people are with a company you tend to make lifelong friends. Um, and so one of those people that we're connected with tends yes. to be somebody who's been in my life ever since. So it's been like 20, 25 years. Yeah. Um, and then others, I think, within the Club Monaco um, circle, I still kind of bump into here and there. Because, again, creative is creative. Toronto's, you know, nobody leaves Toronto is what I always say. You know what I mean? If they do, they always if, come back. There's no, yeah, yeah. Like everyone who's born in Toronto tends to stay in Toronto. It's you know true. what I mean? It's, it's you know, it's where you work. It's where you raise your family. Um, unless you decide to just leave Canada altogether kind of thing. Which is rare. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> um, and then so um, after Club Monaco, I, I left and I got a job working for Spin Master, which is another um, oh, yeah. Yeah, Canadian brand. Yes, yes, yes. And I spent about um, close to 10 years there. So again, same like lifelong friends made there, still talk to them. Um, and then from there, had two children, moved to the suburbs. Who am I? <laughs> Um, and start and got a job working for Loblaw head office because of just it being close by to right. where I was living at the time. Right. Um, and then just like wanting to stay within marketing and then also within the creative. Okay. Um, big brand, um, incredible marketing team that came out of um, Loblaw. I learned so much. Mm -hmm. um, I was with I them have friends who were there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I spent about four years there. And that's when I was deciding, you know, like, where do I go next? You know, right. kind of like laying in bed, looking at my phone, scrolling through LinkedIn and is like, okay, where have I not worked yet? Do I do where do I want Indigo? Like thinking about like all these oh, yeah. different places, you know what I mean? And then I was like, I just don't know. Like, I think I've learned everything that I can learn or I want to learn, like right. in this area of my life. And it's, you know, it's new company and new people and new brand, but kind of like same role. And I needed to push myself a bit more. Um, and so when I was at Loblaw, I decided um, I, I've always been involved with when I'm when I, at Loblaw, at Spin Master and at Club Monaco, I was always involved with the creative um, development process okay. um, within the marketing team. Um, and a big part of that was photography, okay. photo shoots, production, loved it, always wanted to be near it. Um, I don't have the patience the to be an artist, yeah. but I like to be, I like to surround myself with right, artists. Right, for sure. <laughs> um, so I think I just kind of, I spoke with my husband at the time and I was like, I'm looking to kind of try something new. And he's always been a, um, an entrepreneur. He's never worked for anybody else. Okay. He jokingly called me the anchor. 
you know, can't go anywhere, can't do anything because you true. work. Yeah, it's yeah. True. He's like, he's like, I would love for you to start your own thing. I fully support you. Please go. Um, oh, so so nice. I left, blah, blah, and reached out to a photographer that we were working with um, at the time mm-hmm. and just said, like, you're looking for representation. I'd love to come work for, not for you, but partner with you, bring you right. business. Right. And then produce the work for you and let's see how this goes. And and he said yes. And so that was kind of like my first jump. Build out of and they will come. Safety, marketing, full time salary into my own thing. Well listen, I for someone who <laughs> had a corporate job, yes. even in sales I've been in sales my whole yes. life, making that jump to, you know, from someone who is paying your salary mm-hmm. to saying, huh. <laughs> I have to, you know, pay my own bills now and yeah. it's up to me. Yeah. It's a big jump. It's but a big once jump. You, do it, um, you can never go back. Well, and I think I that's that. I think that's it, right? Yeah. And so um making doing um sorry, jumping and spending what I, you know, I think you think you know the other side of the business. <laughs> yeah. But it's super technical. Um, there's so many aspects of the business that coming from client side, you know, the cushy side. I, I think I remember actually leaving and telling my creative director at the time that I was leaving. And he was like, you're nuts. <laughs> He's like, most people go from production side to, to, the, cushy cr- side. to the cushy client yes. side. He goes, yes. you're doing the opposite leap, you know. And I said, well, right. I just I feel like I just need to learn more. I need to push myself more. Right. Again, being able to be around the artists on the production side, the photographers, the directors, the stylists, um, just surrounding myself and being around them constantly, they're like... So inspiring. So inspiring. So inspiring. So for me, that was an amazing um, part of my everyday now was being a part of that. Um, the hard part is obviously trying to figure out like what you do with your day all day long. You know, I, so I, you know, um, walk, um, crawl before you can walk, so to speak. And so... A lot of people in the industry that do what I do tend to have a roster of, you know, 10 to 15 different artists. I told myself that first year I would stick with one and just kind of learn the business slowly, not rush into anything. Um, And so from there, took on a few other photographers and directors. Um, Then COVID hit. Um, So me learning the business um, completely from like scratch also on top of that was learning the business the production side of the business during covid so i don't know if you guys know this but you know a lot of um industries were locked down and could not um do business production was allowed to continue to oh interesting well i know real estate was considered i mean an essential service so production was considered an essential service yes so it was there was a lot of rules there was a lot of regulations it was daily covid tests weekly covid tests it was just so so i was learning a new business like the this side of this business but also like during the covid time so there was like a moment where the rule was like you could have 10 people in a room right i remember this is coming back oh my god i have i've got I've really tried to um, not so remember guess, anything yeah, about yeah. back to those days, yeah. right? And the <laughs> masks and all of that. But, but so yeah. would you say that you're – so Collabs is mm-hmm. – um, how would you? It's basically I, two businesses. Okay, so so yeah. um, it's artist management. So okay. my my role is to um, find the artists that I represent. I have a contract with them that okay. I will find them work, right. um, and um, produce that work for them once it comes through. So okay. base essentially, it's my job to use my contacts, find the work, 
um, produce the work, um, oversee everything when it comes to the work. Um, And these particular artists who have connected um, with me and have partnered with me, trust me with that. So going back to my whole um, Club Monaco, Spin Master, Blah Blah, Toronto Nobody Ever Leaves. Right. (laughs) A lot of my contacts are from people that I used to work with with throughout all of those years. And again, they all move around. Um, They jump from company to company to company. Um, I would say that um, when I try to pitch myself to my artists, that I say, you know, like my secret sauce is, is that I used to sit in those boardrooms. I know what they're talking about. I know what they need. I can translate that now from client side to production side and, and vice versa to my clients. So There's business, trust there. Yes. Business end of the artist yes. dis- yeah. discussion because yeah. an artist is an artist. Okay. Yeah. Um, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> and I think it really like lends into, um, you know, what we were talking about and why we thought there was such a good fit was just, um, and I've seen this this change, but this whole, in, in my industry, um, in agents, and again, this is how this whole podcast started and the fact that, you know, now agents have to create this content. And so everything is about content creation, right? And so we were talking about this new uh, trend, as you call it, the BTS, which is behind the scenes, which you're really seeing as the biggest trend right now with brands that are coming to you. And I know for myself, um, you know, even like six months ago when I had to get on video and I thought to myself, okay, well, this has to be like a wash the hair day. And I had to make sure, you know, I had to have the makeup and I had to have the whole outfit on. And now that's not what people want to see. Mm. Like even in in my industry, you know, the idea that they want to see the real you, they want to really understand, they don't want the filters. So I'm, talk to me about what you're seeing when brands come to you about that. So... Essentially, when uh, a brand or a client or an agency hires us as a production company and the artists that I represent, it's typically campaign-based. It can be anywhere from, you know, um, digital website needs to online video needs to all the way to broadcast TV commercials, print, um, out of home, all of that. And so we can essentially capture that entire campaign under Mm -hmm. one roof. But what's happening and the trend that I see happening with the BTS is, you know, like they spend a lot of money on those campaigns. Um, They spend a lot of money on where that billboard gets placed and where that TV um, commercial goes. But, um, you know, where where people are consuming media is typically through their phones and social media. And so there's like a missed opportunity there, at least there has been in the past, to, you know, shoot some additional content. So while our entire team is there shooting and you've got your stylist and you've got the right lighting and you've got, you know, your camera team, you've got everybody there, we're now being asked to bring in kind of like a second smaller team that kind of like shoots the additional behind the scenes content that's happening while you're there. Cause you know, we can be there for a week at a time as a team and it's, you know, revealing, you know, like the set builds and it's revealing, you know, like the, the wardrobe pulls, it's revealing, you know, the talent getting hair and makeup and just kind of like, cause we do have a fun job. It is a cool job. Let's show people, you know, like how fun it can be and the brands that want to kind of show that. And I, I think it comes down to one, you're getting a lot more content to, to, to speak to your campaign. It can be a teaser type of like leading up to the launch of something that you're showing where you're like, what am I seeing? But you're not really revealing anything. And it's kind of cool. And what's happening to, to after the campaign is launched, 
you know, additional things that are happening behind the scenes, um, the wind machine <laughs> in the hair as the model's doing something, you know what I mean? And totally. um, just like kind of trade secrets almost revealing is what they're requesting because okay. they kind of want to, they want to be, um, they want the consumer to, um, to be more connected to the brand. And I think that that's working in terms of like, you know, revealing your trade secrets no longer. And even when now another a part of the BTS is when we post about something or when a brand posts about something, they don't typically say who's worked on it. Where now you tag everybody, you reveal everybody that you've been working with. You know what I mean? You give, So interesting. Yes. That's a great. Yeah. So a couple of points to that. So first is... You know, digging into like the idea of these brands coming to you and saying, "Well, we want this other, um, yeah. this other team." Do you feel is it that I mean, let's be all really honest. There's not as much money to go around as there right. used to be, right? Yeah. So those huge camp launch campaigns. I remember, you know, even in my days in advertising, like there were millions of dollars for a new car to be launched, mm -hmm. even you know, with automobile uh, budgets being what they were. Mm -hmm. And now they're just like, we can get some influencers out there. We can do this, yeah. and, and there's much less money. Yeah. Having said that, yeah, is it? part or all about getting more bang for your buck? Or do you feel like that the consumer out there is, I want a brand that I can relate to, and they're I trying to make it? Yeah, I think it could be both. I okay. think that, um, you know, your money, your, your spend of your money is directed towards a new channel, which right. is social, right. um, and maybe isn't as expensive in order to get, you know what I mean, like the media buy for TV and the billboards and stuff like right. that comes with a big price tag yeah. um and so they're the bigger brands are obviously still doing that um and the measurability of course so yeah right. so that's the other part like i did sit in the boardrooms i do know when people are presenting you know their 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 metrics like you can present social metrics like they're like you know this is how much engagement this is right. how many like you can also present out of home <laughs> metrics for all of you who don't know how you measure out of home i'm really going to go to my throwbacks to advertising and this is hilarious i'm only sharing because yeah. i actually i i've never Ever sold out of home but I remember like my clients who would be in the advertising agency and they would tell me oh I just had like a out of home tour and I'm like well what's that yeah. they're like well we go in the car with the rep and they drive us around so we can see all the billboards and then they basically guesstimate based on like traffic how many eyeballs and how many eyeballs yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> like, how do you know that someone's looking at that post? And and I remember, like, Apple only bought, like, never bought TV, yeah. never bought anything, only did out of home. And, yeah. like, there were some brands that really, really did yeah. it. But, you know, you think back to those yeah. days and now – and we were just having this conversation about, like, my – I'm just starting. So I you know, I think I only had, like, 500 views, like, on my – on on some of my, my videos. But, you know, you can't – you can't do that with with yeah. anything outside of of, no. of digital and social. Yeah, yeah. it's real. Um, it's real metrics. And so I think for, uh, from a marketer's perspective, and they're you know defending you know why they spent this money and this yeah. is the creative and all that, it really helps them in in the boardrooms, like yeah. showing like real metrics, right? Yeah, like this performed, sure. this didn't perform, like A B tests, so to speak. You yeah. know, with the things yeah. that you're doing. The A B tests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> The other question I had, it was interesting because you started off about like the whole scope and the and the website and, and sort of tying in social. And again, this is also fascinating to me as I and mm -hmm. speak to other realtors about building brands and friends of mine who are entrepreneurs and building out. And, you know, we'll talk about that kind of like gig economy. But mm -hmm. 
you know, do you still see a demand for a website? Listen, you need like in my, you still need like a placeholder, but just knowing that social, like I find, I get a real 50-50 from referral clients who are like, oh, I went to your website or I saw your social or I saw that video of yours. Yeah. Um, I know I, as a company, need a website. Um, A big part of who looks at what we do are creatives. And so we obviously have to kind of flex a little bit with what our website looks like. And in order to Capture their attention. Sexy. Yeah. Yes, for yeah. sure. And um, it is. It's gorgeous. But again, it just depends, I guess, on what you're doing. Like, um, like obviously, like online shopping, things like that. But m- maybe not. Yeah, maybe, like, maybe it is just, you know, like a YouTube channel. And Yeah, it's so interesting you know, to me. Yeah. Yeah. You still have demand for it, though. Yes. You still. Okay. Yeah. 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 Very interesting. Yeah. Um, so tying into all of this and as we like, you know, we went from Facebook to Instagram mm-hmm. to TikTok mm-hmm. to like, you know, talking about what that next big thing is. Yeah. And um, as you said the other day, which I didn't even think about, it was like the last generation that we labeled was Gen Z. And you're yeah. like, guess what, Rachel? We're starting at the beginning of the yeah. alphabet again. Yeah. So now we're Generation Alpha. Yes. So talk to us about gener- generational <laughs> alpha. Like, what are they? Well, the only for? reason why I know about it is because I have two Gen Alphas. How old are they? <laughs> they're nine and ten, and okay, so yeah, no. they're do not have twenty twelve and twenty thirteen. Okay, and um, so my husband and I one day were chatting about like you know the generations and like what is a generation? It's like ten to fifteen years, and then right. you know they change. And then we were like, oh, my God, Gen Z, like the end of the alphabet. Like, what yeah. What does that mean? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and so looking into that, Gen, Al- it's, you know, the alphabet starting over again. So Gen Alpha is basically 2010 to mid-2020s. So it'll be 2010 to 20, 2025. So okay. that'll be a whole generation. And so that generation will then be the next generation after Gen Z right. um, and Gen Z, like the younger Gen Z, they're, we're already seeing, you know, like they're, they're consuming their, um, their content differently. They want things to be a lot more authentic, right. less filtered. We were talking about that new app that everybody keeps using called Be Real, yeah. where you're not allowed to use a filter. You get like one chance. Oh, think- and by the way, the pictures, <laughs> like you can't make yourself look good. So my daughter's in university. She was like, it's a great thing. We should all be on it. Well, it is a, a university. Day. Like it's it's huge with the university students Oh, so right interesting. Now. So okay. yeah, that makes sense. So I thought it was just so like sweet. She wanted to be with us, but. <laughs> no, it's, it, but no, no, no. So she said it would be a great idea. We all know where we are at that same point yeah, in the day, right? Because you all get dinged at the same time, or at least it seems that way. I don't even know what I'm talking about. I know. About. Anyway, so you do it and you're like, no. Like there is And you want to no, redo it. No, and, it doesn't yeah. matter. I give you up. Can't. Oh, you yeah. can't. You yeah. can't redo You can redo it, but it just never come. There's no filter. Yeah. And e- and even if you get it to a, a, an angle where it's like, okay, it's still not good. I have a friend who uses it with his son, and that's how he started it's using so it. And he's he was telling me, because I had just started it, and yeah. I did, one, I did a, a faux pas where I took like five or six different versions of my first shot because I didn't like the first. And the people on the other side who you're connected with see that, and you kind of get dinged for it. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that they can see that you took there more are than one. There multiple attempts. Oh, of, no. yeah. <laughs> I didn't even realize. Oh, well, there you go. No one, don't even add me if you're on the app. Don't add but me. I didn't I'm not know showing that my pictures. It's so bad. <laughs> yes. And yeah. it's usually just like 
Yeah, it's like me. And then it's like a picture of you. For all of you who don't know, it's a picture of you. And then it shows what you're doing on the other side. Yeah. And the idea is obviously yeah. that you're being real, that you can't. Where are you? It's not right now while I'm having mimosas for brunch where, you know, I look fantastic. It's like literally yeah. where I look like homeless because I just was like cleaning up my basement or something. And you yeah. have to do it at that. I think you have like a minute or something or two minutes. Yeah, I've used it once because I wanted to test it out. Um, but I haven't gone back. Um, I would think it's it's given up on me <laughs> in terms of that. Asking me to be real. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Oh no. I'm... But um, um, I think that that trend equals like other things that are going on. Kind of like maybe the anti-influencer trend is starting to like happen. Where like interesting. I just think that again, um, being authentic, no filters, not staging things um, tends to be and 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 I did a bit of research before I came in terms of like purchase power and stuff like that. People mm -hmm. are purchasing less from influencers. Like it's starting to really show that, oh, you know, it's not 100% like the way it used to be. Because it, it's I mean, I, I'm on all platforms mm -hmm. only because I really want to understand what's going on. And 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 so I wish I honestly, I wish that I could shut social off sometimes for sure. But I I I see some of these influencers like there's this one woman. Um, she's just an average woman who lives. Well, she's not average. She had a gorgeous apartment in New York. But, you know, her and her husband and she just started this like she started getting followers because she would do these snacks. And so I started following her and she had these great snacks. And, I started, and the next thing I know now, she's got this paid like video with so helmets. And I'm like, oh, uh, it's like a, it's like an advertorial. Yes, yes, I'm yes. like, oh, my God, there's advertorial on TikTok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is. And on Instagram, sponsored, all of that sort of but stuff. But you can see it now. Like, and I see it with realtors and like, I'm not throwing shade. I'm sorry. But like, I, I find it, I don't find it authentic. People like, I can don't see know. through it. They can. I yeah. think they can. I think yeah. that I, it. I get the partnerships, but I think that there's a demand for, you know, I'm going to just showcase this like great furniture store because I really love it and I want my followers to know it and I want my clients to know about it, And I, but I'm not taking money from LT. Right, right, right. I and it wasn't LT. I didn't see an LT partnership, but I'm just saying like <laughs> as an example of one that popped in my head. Um, yeah, I just think um, that to me feels like I'm a kid that grew up in the 90s, like a teenager in the 90s. And and that was like a very, you know, anti-establishment kind of like um, grunge era type of thinking. And maybe that's maybe what's happening, like where there's there's been just so much influence shoved down people's throats of like, you know, look at me, look at this oh, and the sponsored so stuff. Social. And then and so, so and I social. think that. Maybe, you know, putting down your phone and, and consuming it less and or if you are on it, you're being more choosy with like who you're following and then this Be Real app coming through, which I think right. obviously it's somewhat new. I think it's new as of last year, <clears throat> 2022, but like there are no ads on it and that sort no. of stuff. Not now. I know because it's so new. So who knows? Right. Yeah. But like, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, We'll see. Right. Um, my kids, like I said, are nine and 10 and they're at the beginning of generation alpha. So yeah. like some of them haven't even been born yet. <laughs> I'm just, all that I can define? think is like, I can see a scroll as I'm like choosing yeah. the age. I'm like, yeah. spin the wheel, 1974, yes. spin yeah. the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, and then kind of coming full circle in this and, and I'm seeing it in, in the, 
the real estate world, but uh, I had a call with a client actually who lives in Paris the other day. And if she's listening, it was lovely. We had a nice coffee and and she was thinking about actually getting into real estate. And she said to me, there's actually three ways you can be a real estate agent in, in Paris, one of them being like a an actual employee of a brokerage. Mm-hmm. So for everybody who doesn't know, if you're a real estate agent in Ontario, in Canada, in fact, you have to be part of a brokerage uh, just to make sure that you're following rules and regulations for things like where does the deposit check go, trust accounts, that type of thing. So we are not independent beings. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we may be... Um, self-contributors from that standpoint, like uh, brokerages don't pay us, but we do have to, as they say it in my business, like park your license somewhere. Mm -hmm. So, but in Paris, apparently, or in France, you can be an employee, um, but still trade in real estate. But then you can also be someone who does not have any affiliation with a brokerage, which I found really interesting. And I have heard, so BC tends to be a about five years behind us. So any kind of legislation, so like foreign buyers tax was five years, three, five years behind us, and then Ontario implemented it. Um, there's a couple of things happening right now, which I'll leave for another podcast that they're doing. But there is inkling that that's also starting to be uh, investigated in um, in Vancouver, in, in BC. And so this whole idea, and I and I was saying to you, like I have a friend who's a project manager for a lar- for one of the large telco companies, and she does exactly like what you do, mm-hmm. right? But mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how much she gets paid, but she gets paid a salary, right. and I'm and I'm sure it's you know a, a fraction of what she deserves, right. but she's a salaried employee, and then she calls on all of her grades. Some of them probably, you know, you guys might uh, overlap. I don't know, yeah. and she produces these campaigns yeah. for Rogers. Yeah. Um, and this thought and discussion or trend that, you know, we're moving away from like working for these big corps or like not, I, I love Slavens, but like, you know, we're not working for <laughs> brokerages that we're, you know, becoming with all of the social and all of this kind of yeah. trends. Um, you yeah. Know, do we need these big companies anymore? Um, so I think what we're like, what we're talking about here is like that freelance economy, that independence, right. um, and essentially or gig economy, which is becoming more and more popular. Um, and I think that, you know, independent working, obviously technology has helped with that because you can kind of work anywhere in the world for somebody else and or, right. and you don't necessarily take on a salary job anymore. You kind of take it on like job per job basis. So essentially it's kind of like what I do for a living now. Right. Um, and people in my industry, I think it's been quite normal for a long, long time. Um, it's catching on in other areas where um, you get hired for a job. You get paid for a said job. And then once that job is done, you're no longer on that job and you find your next job. And right. so kind of that's what I do for a living. Right. Um, so I get hired for a job. I find the experts that will make this job great. Um, and so that's where I get my skills get utilized. I oversee the project management of the whole job, the production of the job. And then when the job's done, I hand the client one bill and I pay out everybody under my company name. So for the client that hires me, you know, it's right. a nice, tidy, like, bow, like, here you go. Here's your project. Here's your one invoice. Thank you for the work kind of right. thing. Yeah. So you're like me. You have, like, 20 to 30 bosses a year. Yes. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's, like, it's a roller coaster ride. You know what I mean? Like, I love it so much. And there's high highs when you're, you know, doing really well. And, and you know, highs. things are, like, yeah. are grooving. And then, like, when it's, like, quiet, you're like, um, is this it? Is this the end? Like, <laughs> You know, and you you start like having you know a moment, but I 
as my husband has told me, he's like such a great person to kind of talk to when, you know, there's high highs and low lows. It's like somewhere in the middle is the reality, right? So it's like this. It's a, it is like this. It's a very emotional roller coaster doing, you know, what I do and, and it being a freelance person and, you know, you're, you know, while, while you're finishing up another job, you need to know what your next job's going to be and, or do you. So you're in sales. Yes. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm in everything. And so like, you know, like you're working on one job and then something else comes in and do you say yes? Cause are you overloading yourself? But how do you say no? Because like, what if there's nothing after that? And just kind of like that sort of thing. I think it's, I think it's a great explanation. I mean, if there's people who are thinking about, let's say getting in into, um, you know, an entrepreneurial role or starting, I can't speak, entrepreneurial role mm-hmm. or starting a new company or agents who are start thinking about getting into the business. Like I always say, I have a son who definitely will be in sales at, mm-hmm. at some point and he had a, a little bit of a taste the other day and, and it kind of fell apart and my husband left. He's like, oh, sales 101 right mm-hmm. there because that's what this is all about. And I always say mm-hmm. it's not necessarily brain surgery, you need to have a DNA. Mm -hmm. So you have that talent to be able to manage and understand what that fennel looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, And yes, I mean, my husband's the same for sure. He says I thrive in chaos. And if it's not chaotic, Mm -hmm. I lose my mind. I'm like, oh my God, I have an afternoon. And he's like, why are you not enjoying that? I'm like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Like something's wrong. So I think that being able to manage that is a huge part of, of being an entrepreneur and, yeah. and building that business, for sure. Connections, you know, that's why I called the collab the collab, you know, because that's essentially what I do for a living. I, you know, I bring together. lab yes. <laughs> I bring together the client who's looking for a specific artist and a style and a look. And I build that team from artist, photographer that I represent to right. supporting creatives so that come in and and create that look based off of a brief that we're given. Um, it is an incredible experience, um, but production is like it's it's hot, it's intense. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You're dealing with you know lots of different people. Um, creative is not one plus one equals two. It's very different um, in terms of that. And and then, but again, I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't change it for the world. I'm like, I'm so happy doing what I'm doing. I love what I, I do. Um, and again, I think the biggest part about what I do is when you just said sales, which is like same with you. You know what I mean? When it comes to real estate, it's like who your contacts are. No, I just realized I'm like, I'm like a project manager. Yes. <laughs> I just realized like when I have a listing, I'm a project manager. Yes. I pull in all of my resources. Yes, it's very so similar. So there we go. We just realized Shannon's yeah. all also in sales and yeah. I'm also a project manager. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I feel like that's a good place to end. We yeah. both came up with yeah. a, we had a <laughs> aha moment, but um, for anybody who is interested or any of those uh, phenomenal talents that maybe are looking to be represented, where can people find you? Um, so we are in the junction, our office, our so office cool. is in the junction. Um, we just opened, um, in October of last year because we were remote before remote was a thing mm-hmm. because it was just me at the beginning. Um, and now we are in the junction and we are, we just moved in, in October 1st, like I just said, and, um, we're above three new photo studios that were just built, which is so really cool. incredible for, for us and, and the service offerings for our awesome. clients. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for thank being Thank you with. for having me. Yes, yeah. Your first podcast. Yeah, I, I know. love it. It was so exciting. Good. I'm so glad. <laughs> thank you.